Well, before we jump in, I just want to say to everybody that's watching online and everybody that's here this morning, good morning, we love you, welcome to Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus, we welcome you. It's a bit of a different morning. Um, you can just feel it. It's in the air. And uh, there have definitely been some attacks. We come against those. They cannot stand. Uh, but at the same time, we know that uh, God is doing awesome stuff. It is also like the last week of summer, so we've got a number of people that are on vacation this weekend. We miss you. We love you. If you're watching, we love you. Amen. And uh, we wish you were here, but we're also glad you get to take a vacation. Hallelujah. It's good, good to rest and enjoy. Amen. Glory to God. And uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for those who are watching online. What I wanted to tell you is that this weekend will be different. Um, is it this weekend? This weekend? No, it's next weekend. Okay, next weekend. You need to get ready for that. It is um, next weekend. I was, for some reason, I had it in my head it was this weekend. Um, one of the things that's very important is we're going to have a Holy Ghost service. That's what caught my attention. It's the second Sunday of each month, that weekend, whatever weekend has the second Sunday of each month, will be a Holy Spirit weekend. And so we'll start on Friday night at 6 p.m. to midnight. We'll pray. We are a house of prayer. And um, that's who we are. That's who we are. God does things by his people praying. That's how things happen in this earth. Does anybody want some anybody want some God stuff to happen in this earth? Happen in your home, happen in your family, in your work. Anybody anybody want some God stuff like supernatural help? It comes about when we pray. When we pray. The Bible says he does nothing without revealing it to his prophets. And it says this in Revelation, when you start speaking it says, under the spirit of Christ, you are operating in the spirit of prophecy. So in other words, when I start praying out what Christ did for us, what I, when we start praying out what did Christ do, he healed us, he delivered us, he set us free, he's moving in this county, he's moving in my city in Jesus' name, he's moving in my work, he's moving in my home. It says, you take on the spirit of prophecy, and that's how God moves through this earth. All right, and so uh, Friday night we'll have that. On Saturday we're going to go out and win some souls, and uh, we invite you to be a part of that. You don't have to know anything. You could have never done that ever before in your life. You just come and you can be a part, and they, you know, that can be a part of your spiritual account, just like that. Then on Sunday we have our Sunday morning service, which is far from normal, and uh, I would say our normal Sunday, but it's not normal. It's just it's awesome. Amen. God all. Always moves, just like he's going to move this morning. And then Sunday after, afternoon at 4 p.m., we'll have the Holy Ghost service. So that won't be this weekend. It'll be two weeks from today will be that weekend. Amen. Glory to God. Let's see if this got the buzz out of it here. Hold on. Hallelujah. Hello. All right. Yep. The little fuzz is gone. Good. It was going. Good job, guys. Y'all are amazing. Amen. So you tried to get everybody clapping. You're like clapping by yourself. Isn't that the weirdest thing? 
it again. It was because you clapped with authority that time. That's what it is. If you do things in authority, it works, is what I've found out. So anyway, you know, you sing better, actually, when you go all in. If you hold back, it never sounds as good. But if you go all in, let's just hope that you can sing before you do that. Uh, one time when I was uh, running track, uh, I went and I said, you know what? I'm going to give this, I was doing the long jump. And I, used, I never did that, but I did, um, I always ran sprints. And I was doing the jump this day and I decided uh, I'm going to go all in. And so I went all in and I jumped with everything I had and stretched out to get get out there as far as I could and I like set the record that day and I was like glory to God amen they invited me to go to state and uh, so I went to state the state championship and I didn't go all in that day like I did at the, at the first one and things still cutting out so anyway I went uh, I went to state but I learned a lesson if you'll go all in and stuff you'll always do much better and same thing with our expectation our praise of God and things like that so your clapping reminded me of it but yeah thank you for that example good job buddy way to be moved by the Holy Ghost amen so let's turn to Jeremiah 23 29 Nicole and I just got back from vacation, had such a great week. Many of you actually played a part in that and were a blessing to us in that vacation. Thank you so very much. You know who you are, and I just thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that was publicized. Just some people heard about it and said, we want to do something and be a part, and you were a blessing. It was, it was awesome. I also, it, it really blessed me because I think the first day that we got there, Nicole said, I had more people walking up to me saying, we are so excited you get to go take vacation together. She said, I felt blessed just by their expectation for us. And so what a blessing that is. That's what family's about, you know, and uh, it's an awesome thing. So thank you, everybody that played any role or any part. And uh, sometimes that's just helping to fill in so that, you know, we're not thinking about what's going on at home and and uh, thank you to everybody that played a part in that. So, amen. Thank you. Um, this morning, it's an interesting day because uh, just like 30 minutes ago, Sherman walked up to me and said, Hey, what's the title for today's message? I said, I have no idea. I was like, I have no idea what I'm preaching. You would think after vacation all week, I'd have a good clue. But here's the thing. I had not heard anything from the Lord. Well, I've learned that. That the Lord will give you something when it's time. If you're supposed to preach, he'll give you a word. And so I've literally, you know, come up from my seat before and sat, you know, and I stand right here and still didn't have the message. And everybody's looking at me for the message. But I've learned that if I just wait on the Lord, he'll give me a word. He'll give me what I need. He'll give me that. And uh, if I'm supposed to be here, or he'll tell me what to do. You know, I may say, hey, Barrett, you preach today. Buddy, you preach. Paul, preach. Nicole, preach. You know, I could, he may tell me to do that. I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. Lord, what do you want to do? Because whatever you say, whatever you say will be where the life is. Matthew 4.4. 4, Man shall live. And that means life to the full till it overflows from John 10.10. 10. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man will have life to the full by every word that proceeds 
out of the mouth of God. And so you've got to hear from him. You can't, and that means you've got to have relationship with him. You've got to have an intimate fellowship with him. Uh, you can't just sit by. You've got to know him. And then you start to trust things. You start to trust what the Lord says. And I trust if he's told me something more than I trust what you tell me. Why? Because I have fellowship with him. I have fellowship with the Holy Ghost. I've watched people lie to me to my face, but God tell me something else. Well, which one do you think is going to come true? What he said? Now, the key is i got to have a good relationship. If I don't, then it doesn't work. But if I have a good relationship, which any one of us can have, if we have a very good, intimate fellowship with God, we'll find that he'll give us the right word right at the right time. We'll be in the right place doing the right thing. But we need to have intimate fellowship with him. The whole of Christianity revolves around our intimate fellowship with God. The whole of, our, uh, the whole of Christianity revolves around intimate fellowship with God. And in that intimate fellowship, he will give you a word. He'll give you a word. And so then I stepped back in here and I just prayed and, you know, I didn't, I still didn't have anything until right around the time, actually, I think I sent y'all a message and said the, the countdown or the title was wrong on the broadcast. It had been titled wrong. I, I still didn't have a message at that point. So that was when the countdown was going on the live stream and on the TV. And, I, and so what I found is, now, when we first started the church, you know, over 11 and a half years ago, days like that made me nervous. I would sweat, like, oh, my gracious, Lord, the people, they need a message. But then what would happen is, before I got up here or after I got up here, God would drop in what to do. He'd give me the word, and life would be in that word. And many times it was a word that I didn't need to hear till right then. If I'd have heard it earlier, I probably would have put Brian's spin on it, or I might have planned out how to say something, but I didn't need that. I needed the anointing. I needed the Holy Ghost. I needed that word to be fresh. That I needed that word to be fresh. And I found that the days, what Nicole was saying earlier, she's actually, while she was praying, doing the offering, she was already on the message. Already on the message. Barrett said a couple of things during praise and worship that was already on the message. And so what I found is days that have been like that, when I learn to relax in him and rest in him, when it looks like I'm in a jam, that's actually when the supernatural power of God is released more at a higher level. I found that those days, I found that those days, are the days when, man, the power of God moves like nobody's business. I mean, like it's just God and God alone. He can do whatever he wants all the time he wants. I mean, it's just nothing stands in his ways, it seems like, on those days. Those are the days that I'll walk out and people go, Pastor, I needed that word. You were reading my mail. I got healed right while you were preaching. The power of God touched me. I'll never be the same, you know. And, and those are the days that that happens. A lot of times. Why? Because Brian didn't get in it. It was just pure because I had nothing else. I had to trust in him. I had to trust in him. And I found that he always comes through. No matter what. He always comes through. Why? That's who he is. That's who he is. 
It's his character. It's his nature. It's his love. That's who he is. Amen. What are you doing? <laughs> I looked over and he's got this biggest grin on his face. Taking pictures. Which is good, actually. I, I like it when you do that because it helps. You get the word out there. You get a, you get a, a word out there. It helps. This one, it's so easy to witness today. There's, technology has made things so easy today. So I appreciate it when you put up clips and post, actually. Why? Because it helps a generation that's looking, that's watching. So anyway... Nope, not doing it again. <laughs> but those days when I don't have it all planned out is when the power of God moves. Why? Because of the title of the message today. The Word Works. The Word Works. So while the countdown's going, the Lord starts dropping inside. Man, I feel the anointing already. It's in here. It's moving through you. You may not know it. You may not feel it. But the word is already working in you. The word works. The word works. So I'm sitting back there. All of a sudden, he drops it in. The word works. The word works. I knew what he wanted. Uh, and now, you know. That was during the countdown. Now here's four pages of notes. Scriptures. The word works. That's what intimacy and fellowship with God will do. So by the end of worship, you got four pages of scriptures and notes that I may or may not get into all of it. But I literally today... Um, um, I got a feeling I probably will preach, but I'm not even going to try to get, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek to not even be emotional, because I want you to see something. The word works. I don't, I don't have to get, it's not that I shouldn't get emotional, I don't have to get emotional. The word works. I don't have to hype you up. The word works. I don't, I don't have to jump up and down, although that may help you receive part of it, you know. It may help you, you know, wake up if you got a little drowsy. It may help you to grab on and remember something, but the Word works. Say it with me. The Word works. Say it again. The Word works. And then say this, the Word will work for me. The Word will work for me. Say it one more time. The Word will work for me. Do you believe it? Are you sure? The Word will work for me. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 23. Or excuse me. Jeremiah 23 and verse 29. I flipped it. The Bible says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer which shatters a rock. Now, some years ago, some of you have heard the story, but my family moved from Greensboro down to Popeton, 
And in the process, we were setting up, uh, you know, a home place down there. My dad was raised in Polkton, and so he had some land down there, and our family went down there. And literally, this is where Nicole and I, we had just been uh, married, but right before we got married and right after that, we were setting up that place to live. We had, you know, moved a house down there, and um, we were trying to establish a garden in that area. The Lord had told us to go down there. It was in that place where we had no family around hardly, no friends, and no money that we had nothing else to do but hang out with Jesus. And, um, you know, because you got no money, you and Raymond Noodles and Jesus, right? And uh, that was the moment where we really grew up together as adults, equally yoked in the Lord, and it was a special place. God designed that place for us to have nothing else but him. And that's the basis and the core of who we are. He took us away from the people and the comforts of what we knew. And he he took us into a place that was uncomfortable to our flesh. But as we gave ourselves to obedience to God, God blessed us. And it didn't happen just overnight. We had to apply some faithfulness and some perseverance by faith and patience. You inherit the promises of God. I'm not always believing for a long time uh, for a promise to manifest, but I'm not opposed to it either. God knows what he's doing. Lord, I'm in your hands. I'll believe. You tell me to believe quick, I'll believe quick. You tell me uh, to, to just keep believing, I'll keep believing. I'll not stop. Don't stop. Believing. Don't stop believing. Oh, oh. Don't stop. Just keep believing God. By faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. Hear that. Hebrews 6, 12. By faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. By faith and and patience. Thank you, Lord. Man, his anointing's moving in here. His Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is moving in this place right now. I'm telling you. That word is already going to work in your heart and in your mind. And it's not because I'm being emotional. It's not out of compulsion that I'm preaching that you're getting it. He's already working in you. Now, I don't know if you can feel it or not. Some, some may be able to. Some might not. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm sensing what the Holy Ghost is doing. I can feel it. I can sense it. He's already moving in you. The Word is a fire that will purge the things that need to be out of your life. The Word works. The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel. The Word works. Then it says, his word is like a hammer that will crush rock. And when we moved down to that place and that ground had never been broken up before for a garden, and it was hard, and it was like an acre and a half or two acres worth of ground with sticks and rocks and roots, and if you've never broken up new ground to plant a garden, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't recommend it. It was not fun. I got really strong, and uh, I didn't like the process. 
But that ground needed to be broken up. See, watch this. Because without the breaking up of that ground, then the seed could not take root and receive the water and the nutrients that it needed from the soil. It had to be broken. I'm telling you that there are things in your life that have not allowed a harvest to come in your life, and the Word will break them. The Word will break up the hard ground and cause you to have a harvest. The Word of God. Man, I feel more anointing on what I just said than so many times when I've been preaching and yelling and shouting. The Word of God. The Word of God will break the hard ground that's been holding back your harvest. His word is like a hammer that will crush the rock and the hard ground that's been holding back your harvest. Is there anybody here that will receive a harvest? A harvest-breaking word today. A harvest-breaking word today. Then we must receive the word as a fire as well, to purge and to break. See, many people, they hear the word, but they don't receive it with faith, and so they don't have salvation. But if they'll receive the word, the word will go to work in their life. It'll purify them. It'll break the hard ground, and it'll start to bring the harvest into their life. Then they will make their way successful, Joshua 1, 7, and 8, or 8 and 9. It's, it, Joshua says, look, meditate on my word day and night. Don't let this word depart from your mouth, the law. Don't let He said, then you'll make your way successful. Why? They give themselves to the fire of the word. They take a word. You know, just before, uh, not long before service, Kevin and I were talking about some words that they had received prophetically during services recently. And uh, I was saying, I bet they'll look interesting if you go back and listen to me. He said, yeah. And here's one of the things. I have, a, I have numbers of words recorded on my phones. When I'm in a service and somebody gives me a word, I'll literally go back, record that audio, and on a regular basis, when I know that word's from God, and I play that again. Why? Because if a word is given to me, hear this, I have a responsibility to esteem that word, to put faith on that word, to put expectation on that word, to follow that command. Uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In that word is what God wants to do. In order to get that word to come to pass, I need to meditate on it. I need to let it break up some hard ground inside of me and inside of my mind. I need to allow that fire of that word to purge out what would stand in the way of that word. And I I need to meditate on that word, go back to it, listen to it, hear it again and again and again. Because if I give myself to that word in hope, expectation, and faith, I'll receive and inherit the promises of God. So I've got to focus on them. I've got to meditate on them. Many people, when they come into service, all they're doing is checking a Sunday morning box. Not here, but all of us have been there at some point. But many times they're just checking a box, but they don't even believe they're going to leave changed. And so they're not esteeming what's about to be said by God. But the word works. The word works. Several years ago, you may be wondering why I got this Rubik's Cube up here. The reason is, before I had a message, he told me, because 
I keep this in the office. This is the first one I ever solved. But several years ago, uh, the Lord, uh, at his direction, I learned how to solve the Rubik's Cube, and I, I'm decent at it. I'm not great by any stretch. The, you know, the, the world records are below five seconds to solve one. It's like four seconds and something, and um, if I remember correctly. And the quickest I've ever done is 42 seconds. That's, that, that was pretty quick. And it just happened that Abigail was recording me when I did it, and I'm like, I just beat my own record, you know. I was like, glory to God, she had video of it. But I learned how to do that. And uh, before I had a message today, in intimacy with God, he said, uh, solve that Rubik's Cube. It's like, what does that have to do with today, Lord? And well, part of it was just me being in rest. Because I think it's Priscilla uh, that always, if it's solved, she always unsolves it for me. So I go back in, in my office, and I'm like, oh, that, that's awesome. And I get to solve it again. But uh, several years ago... I learned how to do that, and, and how you do it, there's a strategy to it, of course, and uh, it has to do uh, with, you know, you know, just putting things in order and then kind of processing through them, but ultimately, to solve it, what you had was you had a bunch of algorithms or a bunch of formulas, okay, if you see this, do this, if you see this, do this, and so the most interesting thing about it is I haven't solved one in months now. Uh, but I just applied some of those known things that work, and it solved it. The word works. If we'll just apply it, it works. Because I'm telling you, the little list of formulas, the little list of algorithms are not more trustworthy than this book right here. That little list of algorithms is not more tr trustworthy and more faithful than this word right here. The word works. And although those formulas and those algorithms, I mean, they'll help me solve this. They don't help me solve life at all. But that word will. It's got a solution for it all. And when I apply it, it works. In 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, you start to see God's overall plan for mankind. He says, Beloved, uh, above all things, I, I'm going King James on it. They got it in New American Standard. Let me, I'll read it in New American Standard. I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. I pray, and the King James says, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health. Was that, that talking about spiritually prospering? No, the spiritually prospering is as your soul prospers. It's talking about you prosper in life. In what way do you prosper? What way do you need to prosper in life? God's plan for mankind is no matter how you need to prosper, God says by the Holy Ghost, every scripture inspired by him, breathed out of the mouth of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God says to you, I want you to prosper. I want you to prosper. And I want you to be in health. Many times when we look at Jeremiah 29, 11, I'll, I'll remind people, God has zero plans for calamity in your life. He only wants you to have a future 
and a joyful, confident expectation, a hope. And he wants you to fare well. He wants you to prosper. In what way? What way do you need to prosper? That's the way he wants you to prosper. How does he get us to that prospering? He gives us the word. God's overall plan for you is to prosper. As your soul prospers, as your mind, your will, your emotions, as you set your mind on the word and your soul prospers, your life will prosper. When your mind is set and renewed and transformed to the word, then your life will prosper. Romans 1, verse 16 and 17 Many of you have heard this before. For I am not ashamed of the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. It's the power of a supernatural being. The gospel, the word, the gospel is the power of God. It's the power of a supernatural being. And hold your Bible up real quick so I can see it. Do you realize that what you are holding is a guidebook to the power of a supernatural being? It's a guidebook. It's a word that is the character and nature and the power of a supernatural being. Not just a supernatural being, the supernatural being. Who loves you and wants you to prosper. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who, say it with me, believes. For everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, God had a way to deliver this so that it would work the way it needs to. Verse 17, for in it, in the gospel and in the word, the righteousness of God is revealed, how? From faith to faith. God reveals how right he is and how right he will make us as we accept the word in faith. Now listen, we can't just let the word sit out there. We have to do something with it, which is Part of the reason why I was giving you instruction earlier on. Uh, the right thing to do is to cry out praise to God. Is to reach out in expectation. Is to reach out in faith on the word. And do something with the word. Not just let it fall on deaf, deaf ears. You see I can tell you to amen. But if you're not amening in your heart. You're not receiving it. If it doesn't come out of you, see, I've found that many times when I, when I really receive something, you know, uh, multiple times, Nicole and I have found ourselves in this situation. We're in the middle of the service, and the pastor talks about something, and, or a preacher talks about something, and we're like, amen! And we're like, oh, was that out loud? Oh, my gracious. You know, it like jumps out of our spirit. Why? Because it's in us. It's a part of our heart. In the treasures of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
So if we're sitting here all the time and we're just quiet as can be and we never, that's probably an indicator. It's not truly in us in the depths that we need it. In other words, the right thing is something's got to explode out of us. And if it's not, I'm not talking about different people have different personalities, but something's got to be there that moves us. Something's got to be there inside of us that moves us to raise a hand. To shout a hallelujah. The word has to be received by faith. You notice this righteousness does not manifest without faith. The word works, but we got to work the word. We must apply it, receive it, and apply it, and, and have it manifest the way that God teaches us. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So as we have put, put faith on the word, righteousness will start to manifest in our lives. The power of God. As it is written, the righteous man shall live, have life to the full, till it overflows by faith. How will he live? By faith in believing. Galatians 3, 6 and 9. Six through nine. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed in faith, and it was reckoned to him in righteousness. Therefore, be sure that those who are of faith, who are sons of Abraham. In other words, if I will become a person of faith in Jesus Christ, I become a child and in the family and blessed with Abraham. Abraham was one blessed man. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become a part of that blessing. Why was he blessed? Because God gave him a word. Say it with me. The word works. The word works. It says, therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. Do you see you have right here the Holy Ghost defining the message of the gospel? The message of the gospel is God saying to the earth, to the world, I want you blessed. I want you blessed. This is, put it back up there, 3.8, Galatians 3.8. He says, God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. What did God say? Abraham, through you, all the people of the earth will be blessed. What is God's plan? What is his gospel? What's the word that he has for the world that will work? God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. Verse 9 says, So that those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Do I have any people here that are of faith today? That know Jesus Christ? Do I have anybody that are, if you're of faith through Jesus Christ, then you are blessed. How many blessed people do I have in here? Now, that doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try and, and come and tell you something different. He'll try and tell you all kinds of things. 
He'll try and tell you all kinds of bad reports. But that doesn't mean that you're not blessed. God said you're blessed. If I'm of faith, then I'm blessed. Say it with me. Say it loud. If I'm of faith, then I'm blessed. I'm talking to blessed people today. The devil tries junk. He'll try and come and sit on you with all his weight and put it all on you and get in your face and mess you up. I would say and even mess up your hair. Get in our personal business. He tries to apply pressure, but that doesn't change the word. And the word works. Say it with me. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Do you believe it? Say it with me. I'm blessed. blessed. Are you? Say it again. Say it like you mean it. it, Say it like you believe in it. Are you? When that gets inside of you, you start working the word. And things change. The word works and see when these blessings start to pour out you start to see Romans 2 and 4 start to happen do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience do you not know that the kindness of God or the goodness of God leads men to repentance or leads you to repentance in other words a lot of times we're trying to change things we're trying to change things in our life change our job change our family change our children change our spouse we're trying to change all these things and God says look if you want them to change what you need is true heart repentance and how do you get to heart repentance telling you how bad you are how much you messed up no it's the kindness and the goodness of God you don't get people to change by telling them there's a special place in hell for them whether that's true or not because for some people that's true they'll never accept Christ and the devil's got a place Special for. But that's not how you get them to change. You get them to change by preaching the power of God. His word. His gospel. The goodness and the blessing of the Lord. His word works. And when we start preaching the gospel, God wants all people blessed. The power of the word goes to work. I'll just mention it. You can write it down in your notes just in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. It says this, that, that Christ, we're made a new creation, but then it says that he reconciled us. In other words, he made us right with him, and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation because he was in Christ reconciling the world. In other words, God was in Christ looking at the world, looking at all their mess, looking at all their junk, and saying, I'm not holding their trespasses against them. That's exactly what those verses say. I'm not holding them against them. Why? Because they don't deserve Oh, no, they deserved it. But I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at Jesus. And through Christ... I'll reconcile the world. This is the good news. I want you blessed. That's the good news of God, the Father, to the world. And anybody that will hear, I want you blessed. 
And that blessing and His goodness will cause their heart to change and start to go after Him. Why? Because there's a power in the Word of the good news of God. There's a power. The Word works and it carries a power. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 through 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 through 5. Verse 3 says this. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Do you know what I have right here? I have a whole book of commandments. See, this is the love of God. Watch this. That we keep His Word. And His Word's not burdensome. His Word's not burdensome. See, a lot of times people think that His, word's not, his Word is burdensome. Well, I don't really want to do that because then it would take away from my fun that I'm having in the flesh. No, His Word's not burdensome. It's just like, you know, when, when I used to go out and do things in the world that I shouldn't do, you know, not walking with Jesus. And the next morning I would wake up and my body would feel terrible. Yeah, I had, you know, sin is fun for a season. But then there's a payment that comes along with that sin. And every next morning I would feel that payment. I would feel that payment of sin. The wages of sin is death. And I would feel a piece of that death even in my body. Dehydration, you know, headaches, garbage, all kinds of junk like that. But see, the, the word is not burdensome. It may take away what the flesh wants, but what it will replace it with. All of a sudden, I learned how to get drunk in the Holy Ghost when the joy of the Lord would come. And let me tell you, there's no side effects with that. It's just the joy and the power of God. And, I mean, I, I've watched some of you in here laughing uncontrollably, losing eyelashes, you know. I, I've watched the joy and the Holy Ghost come on people. And, it, and let me tell you, did you have bad side effects were there hangovers were there headaches that come no it's just beautiful when it's of God see understand that any commandment or word of God that asks you for something is by God's own character and nature it demands that it be opportunity to increase anything God asks you for anything God tells you to do even when you're in a bad situation and he says, just trust me. Just trust me. God's saying, I'm telling you for a reason. Because if you'll trust me, I'm going to take you to increase. Why? Because his word works. He says, look, keep my word. My word's not burdensome. My commandments are not burdensome. Stop thinking that me telling you not to do that is a burden to you. Look at what I'm trying to get to you or where I'm trying to get you to. Stop looking at where you won't be in the world or where your flesh doesn't want. Look at what I want to take you to. To the place where there are no addictions. To the place where there are no broken things in our lives. To the place where there are no hangovers. There are no dry mouth. There is no splitting headache. There is no, well, I wonder if I messed up last night or not. There's a peace that accompanies it. You know, while we were on vacation, Nicole and I were talking about it. 
We're like, you know, there was a time where, where we would be tempted all the time. Let's go, let's go get a, a drink or a cigarette or something like that. Let's relax and stuff like that. I was like, I don't even want that anymore. Don't even care for it. Like, I, I, I just cringe at it. And if you'd have told me that I could have gotten to that place at one point in my life, I'd been like, no way. No, I, I would always want that. No, God will take you to the place where complete freedom is. He'll take you to, to the place. But you got to decide, Lord, I want to keep your commandment and keep your word that works in my life more than I want to keep what my flesh wants. i got to give myself to you because you've got good plans for me. I know you love me. I know you love me more than that pack of cigarettes. Does. I know you love me more than that six-pack or that glass of wine I know you love me more you've got a new wine with no hangover you've got something more special I remember not too long ago um, Colleen came up to me she's like I don't cry why am I crying because the love of God poured out in her life in a way that she didn't even think was possible she didn't even think, she was like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know, I don't know how to think about it. That's the love of God being poured out. That's the anointing, the precious oil of God without drugs, without alcohol, without any additives. It's just the purity of the Word made flesh, the Word working in your life. And that peace we can walk in all the time if we will yield ourselves to the Word because the Word works. To His Word, to His command. If you go on in verse 4, it says, Everything that's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world in the King James. Even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. See, when we see the commandment of God, the Word of God that works, and we put faith on that, we reach out, we grab a hold of that power of God, and it starts to manifest in our lives. But we've got to decide and make a decision. Do I want what God wants for me, or do I want what my body wants for me? And what the world's pushing me into. Which one do I love? Because the one I love, I'm going to feed. And the thing is, I can, I'll tell you, I was in a spot many times in my life where I loved the things of the world more than I loved the things of God. And I had to make a decision. And you probably need to make a decision like that today. Do I love you, God? I, I don't want to. I really want to. But do I? Because my actions will show it. And I had times where I was sitting there fighting. Let me just tell you. I had times where I was like, I want you so much. But it's like I've been having such a struggle dropping this thing. And the Apostle Paul says a very similar thing in Romans chapter 7. He says, look, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. And he ends up saying, a wretched man that I am, who will save me? And the answer is this, Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh. And if I will give myself to Jesus, say, Jesus, I need your help. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's the great high priest who's been tempted like all of us. But he did it, and he did it without sin. 
And he says, I know how to take you out of that sin. If your heart is fresh and you love me, you might be fighting. You might be fighting over the things of the flesh. You might be having trouble on all sides. He says, but I'll be your shield. I'll, I'll be your rear guard. I'll rise up like a flood and wipe away your enemies. But you got to take me by the hand. You may be sitting there in a hard time, but my word works. Take me by the hand. Take the word by the hand and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. I'm changing who I am. I'm changing how I think. I'm changing my actions. I'm not saying that I by myself have it all together. But Lord, if I'll go after you, I know the word works. There's things that may need to be laid on the altar before we get out of here today. Lord, I'm laying this down, and I need your help. I'm not going back to it. I'm laying it down. This is not who I am. I'm a redeemed child of God. I am a redeemed child of God. He's made me his righteousness. This is not what a righteous person does. I'm laying it down, and I'm not going back. But God, I need your help. I need your help. But here's what I believe, Lord, that your word is true. It's everlasting, and it's a fire, and it's a hammer, and I believe that it works in my life. See, it doesn't have to be, you know, drugs and alcohol. It can just be wrong thoughts. It can be that when you hit a jam, you, you constantly call the parents, at one point, that was, that was our issue. We'd hit a financial jam. So, uh, man, it would be like seconds. I'd go to the phone. Dad, hey, I need some help. And my dad very quickly became my source in a jam instead of God. And I needed to say, I'm going to lay down my dependency on him and pick up my dependency on you, Father, as my only source. And I needed to lay that on the altar. And I remember one day we needed, I think it was a couple of thousand dollars, and we needed it by, like, tomorrow. And, and I said, oh, man, I know if I call Dad, he'll help me out in this gym. And, and he would. He was loving. He wasn't mad at me or anything. He knew we were working and working hard. And, and I said, and I went to reach for the phone. I think I even grabbed it, and I started to dialed the number and the Lord said he spoke to me right there in that moment the word spoke to me in that moment the word works he said if you keep reaching for him in your time of need then I can't be your help if you keep making him your source then I'll never be your source in that moment of pressure and frustration, you keep reaching for the cigarette. You keep reaching for the glass of wine. You keep reaching for that. In the pressure when things get hard, you keep reaching to somebody else to be your source. Then God will never be your source, and you will always be natural but never walk in supernatural. But say it with me. The Word works. The Word works. Oh, I can see now why the Lord didn't show me this message. The Word works. And let me just tell you, you, you might think that I am preaching directly to you, and you might think, I, you might think that I'm, I'm like tailored this message to you. I didn't even know what I was preaching until the thing, the countdown. 
Here's what I know. I can tell you by the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to a lot of people in here today. And let me say this. God's calling us to go to a new level, a higher level. But you don't go to higher level with old level thinking. You don't go to higher levels. And I'm talking, I know this too. I'm talking to people that want to go to a higher level. I'm not talking to people that want to be the same. If you wanted to be the same, you would not come to this church because I'm not going to leave you the same. I am not going to leave you comfortable. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to draw you out to be what God created you to be. That is a part of my gifting. I am not going to leave you alone. You are called to greatness. You are called to fulfill a destiny. And I know you're not here to sit still and be at the same level. And you may think, I can hear the devil trying to tell you that, oh, he's talking to you because he knows your situation. I probably don't know your situation, but I know what God told me to tell this whole body this morning. There's some stuff today that needs to be laid on this altar. There's some, there's a lack of faith that needs to be put up here. There's some people that need to let go of some flesh, and you need to let go. Put all of that comfort of the flesh, put all of that stuff that's binding you up, lay it on the altar, and never look back. The Bible says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back. I'm not looking back at it. I'm going forward in God. Is there anybody here that's going to go up today? Go to a new level. There's an anointing in the foolishness of preaching. And I'm not just talking to one or two people. There's some stuff we need to lay at the altar today. I got some stuff I'm thinking about myself. I'm going to be laying some stuff on the altar today. Because I'm going to a new level. I'm not going to be held back. If Jesus paid for us to walk and talk like him, to do these works and greater, who am I to tell him no? Who am I to sit back and walk in average and mediocrity when he said, I'll give you my glory? There's some stuff we all need to lay on the altar. And why has God given us a message like this? Because God's got a plan for this whole body to go to a different level. God's got a plan to take a body to a different place. To take our kids to a different place. To take an anointing to a different place. But it doesn't work if we won't give ourselves to the fire of the word and let it burn some stuff out. Well, I've been trying to be good. I know. But see, here's the problem. You probably are above par. You probably are above average for Christians in this in North Carolina. You probably are. But here's the thing. The, the where the body has been has been so subpar that even when we stick out, it doesn't say much. But we can't sit here. Just because we recognize and we awaken to the fact that we have not been where we need. We don't sit there and beat ourselves up. We reach our hands to a loving Father. Say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help today. And I know your word works. 
And I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired of circling the mountain. I'm tired of going back around the same stupid mountain. I've been going around it for years and years and years. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm expecting your help. When I lay it down, I'm expecting your word to work in my life today. I'm expecting it to be easy in life. I'm putting some expectation out there that a supernatural God is going to bring a supernatural power, and I'm going to be made alive to be your witness, to be empowered by the Holy Ghost because the word works. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to make a major point to you in these next few minutes before we come to the altar. I want to make a major point to you. There was a period of time in the United States and really in the world where God said, I want to, be, I want to do supernatural miracles of healing and deliverance. And I want to do it all at one time. In the 50s and the 60s. When Billy Graham came up. And Oral Roberts. And the tent meetings. And A.A. Allen. And all of these guys. Some of these heroes of the faith. Were they perfect? No. Did God use them? Yes. And all of a sudden these tent meetings, they, they rose up all over the United States. And people were healed. I mean, to see some of the miracles. There's, there's one, you can watch it on YouTube. There's one, I think it was Oral Roberts, and what they called the monkey boy. The, guy, the boy had no bones in his arms. He's his like had no support structure whatsoever. And by the time the video ends, he's walking around on stage with new bones. I mean, just miraculous stuff. This stuff is, is, it was happening all over the place. There's times where God says, it's time for an awakening. We're entering into that right now. It's time for an awakening. Something's about to happen, but I want you to see something. You don't get into those without knowing that the word works. You don't get into those without putting some faith on the word. But here was this season of these miracles and the power of God. And people were born again all over the place. They were born again all over the place. Because of these great miracles. And Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, was a prophet. And he saw this. He saw this time is not going to last like this for the rest of eternity. This season of these miracles under the tent, it's going to come to an end. And Brother Hagin went to some of these major preachers because he recognized they were in an error. What they were doing, now watch this, this is small, but it's powerful. What they were doing was they were not putting faith just on the word they were putting faith on the gifting in the season he said they recognize while we're in this season this is working but see they had let their faith be just on the gift that was in operation not on the word 
And Brother Hagin made this statement to him. He said, you are basing your whole ministry off of a gifting in this season. But as soon as this season finishes, your ministry will also finish if you don't put faith in the Word. He said, I will put faith in the Word, and I will work the Word, and I will be here long after you're gone, and my ministry will be here long after. Because faith in the Word always works a season a gifting may come and go the lord may be doing something to fulfill prophecy or to set up a country to be ready to receive in a future time there's things that god needs to do you're putting faith in action and building your whole ministry around that i'm he said i'm building my ministry on the word because if i put faith in that it'll always work would you like to guess what happened? The season passed. The other ministries went down. But Brother Hagen's ministry kept on in excellence and power till he went home to be with the Lord. Because the Word works. I don't know about you, but when I've heard that story, it's always challenged me to put more faith in the Word. The Word always works. See, many people, when they come up for a touch, they, they want, it's like they're trying to win the lottery. Like, I want some magic. Oh, oh, I'm healed. But see, if you don't know how to work the word in faith as you leave here, the devil will take it before you get out the door. And they're putting their faith in, in a man. They're putting their faith in a service. But if you'll learn how to put faith in the word of God, the word works. It always works. It always will work. And it'll accomplish what God sent it to do. We need to learn how to put faith in the Word of God, to work the mechanics of the kingdom of God, and not just set them to the side. Stop going after a lottery. Stop going after a magical touch or a magical service. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, this service, God's working in the service, and everybody's healed. Stop just looking for that. If you'll go and be a person of faith in the Word that works, it'll always work. But see, that takes diligence, and it takes discipline. And how many people's flesh like diligence and discipline? Nobody's flesh likes diligence and discipline. That's why people won't do it. If they like diligence and discipline, you wouldn't have a church in this county with an empty seat. But our flesh doesn't like it, and we've learned how to feed the flesh. But if we'll give ourselves to the Word of God, the Word works. Just hear this, 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, say it with me, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word preached is the power of God in our lives. Who are being saved. See, this is not just talking about being saved to go to heaven. This is talking about God's salvation that's manifesting in our lives all the time. Being saved from sickness. Being saved from tragedy. Being saved from lack. Being saved from an addiction. Being saved. It's working in us all the time. Psalms 107, verse 20 and 21. He sent his word... And healed them. 
and deliver them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. What brought about his loving kindness? What brought about wonders to the sons of men? His word. His word works. Matthew 8, 8 through 10. The centurion. Jesus says, I'll come and heal your servant. The centurion said, you don't have to come. Just say the word and he'll be healed. Just send your word, Jesus, because I know how the word works. The word works. Send your word. Jesus said, I've not found this kind of faith in all of Israel. The people that were raised on the law of God. The people that were raised to believe. And he says, here's this centurion. He gets it because he understands the power and the authority of the word. Do we understand the power and the authority of the word today? Have we understood it on the level that we should? I would say no. Can we understand it higher? I would say yes. Are we going to? I hope you agree with me and let's go for it and believe the word. Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous, which is always encouraging because it's like, why is he going to have to tell us to be strong and courageous? That means we're going to face something where we're going to feel like not being strong and courageous. Well, I don't know if I like that. But God says, don't worry about the situation or how you feel. Just in the middle of it. Be strong. In the middle of it. Be courageous. Do I have any people? They'll say, I'll be strong with you. I'll be courageous. I'll put on faith. And I'll, I'll go after God. I'm always looking for people like that because it's funny how the world can try to wear on people and it's like the people who were like amen and hallelujah and at the end of last week's service, this week's service, they're like, hey, amen, preacher. It's like the wearing. And that's how the devil works. But who are the people who are encouraging themselves throughout the week on the word? Praising God throughout the week on the word. Who are those people? Where are those people? That's us. That's, that's you and I. We're called to be that. We're called to wear that faith. Wear that victory. To believe in the Word because the Word works. To be consistent, persistent, persevere. No matter what the devil throws at us, we know we're walking through. We know we're walking through. Always looking for people like that. Why? Because that's evidence that they know their God. The reality of who he is. Versus the reality that the world has taught us about. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. You never know with God. Oh, I do know. He's a good God. He always loves me. He's not withholding any good thing from those who walk up right, rightly. David said it best. He said, I've been young, I've been old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. This is the kind of God whose character isn't wishy-washy. It doesn't go back and forth. He's the same whether I feel it or not. He's the same whether I see it or not. He's good. He's love. His mercy and His loving kindness endures forever. And when He says something, it works. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn 
from it. What? The word. To the right or the left. So that you may have success wherever you go. You see, if we get a word from God and we will not turn to the right or to the left, well, I'll just do it today. You know, he'll forgive me tomorrow. No, we don't turn away from the word. All of a sudden, the word will work and success will be yours. People will pay thousands, hundreds of thousands to listen to success gurus. And you got the greatest success guru ever made that pinned his own character, pinned his own nature, pinned his own success into that word that will manifest in your life and then made you a promise. says, if you'll just do what I'll say, you'll take success with you wherever you go. There's not one of us in here that couldn't be overwhelmingly successful. See, somebody's going to grab this today. You're going to say, Lord, I'll, I'll do it your way. All I got to do is do it your way, and I'll have success. Done. Done. Somebody's grabbing it today. Who is that? See, you got to get that in you. I'm grabbing it. I'm not letting go of this moment. Who is that that's grabbing that today? Even if you don't feel it all, get it in your mouth. Get it in your heart because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm grabbing it. I'll be successful today. Verse 8, this book of the law or this word shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Hallelujah. Super kids, the word, super kids, say it for me. The word, say it loud. Make, make these adults Make these adults be like, I wish I was like a kid again. Yell it at me. The word? What'd you say? The word? What? The word? Say it loud. The word? Amen. When you work the word, the word always works. First Thessalonians 2.13 For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the what? The word of God. And watch, which you heard from us. So the word came through a person. You accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God. Watch this, the word of God, which also performs its work. In you who believe. If you'll take the word of God and you will believe it, that word will start to work in you. It'll start to work in you. And even while you're sleeping, that word is working in you. It's bringing about your success. 
is bringing about your healing. It's bringing about your wholeness. It's bringing about your prosperity. It's bringing about the plan and the blessing of God. That's his plan for all of mankind. It's deleting calamity. It's bringing about the blessing to, for you to fare well, to have a future and a joy and a confidence and an expectation. It's working in you. There's a song that Keith Moore does. So it's working. It's working. The, the Spirit of God is working. Is that right? Healing power is working. It's working in my body. It's working. See, that word of God, when you take that word in and you believe it, it starts to go to work inside of you. In Romans chapter 8, it says that this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, when you accept him and you receive him into you, he will He will manifest and bring about. He'll bring about a quickening. In your mortal body. Why? Because the power of God and the word of God works. And when you accept the things of God, they go to work inside your life. And we just had a testimony last week that I shared how Kevin had some supernatural debt erasing Debt cancellation. If you didn't hear it, he had a bill from the hospital. It was over $7,800. And uh, all of a sudden, the word, God gave me a word. Lord, this week, supernatural debt cancellation be in this body. That week came and gone, came and went. And on Monday or Tuesday, you received a letter in the mail. And they said, we've canceled over $7,800 of your debt. Now, I want you to see something. Was the word working? Now, he didn't get it till the next week. It was being processed in the mail, but the word worked that week, the same week we said. Then they figured it out, put it in the mail. Now, watch this. Then the letter, it was like going through the USPS. Do-do-do. But look, he didn't even know it yet. He didn't know the word already had a solution. But here was the letter going through the mail. Here's the letter going through the mail. He don't know. He's not gotten the letter yet. But the letter's on the way. The working of God has all, the word has already worked for him. He hasn't seen the manifestation. But the power of God's on its way. And then all of a sudden, it comes to Monday or Tuesday, opens the letter. And there it is. Supernatural debt cancellation over 7,800. The Word was working even while he couldn't see it. It was working in his life. It was working in his body. The Word was working because the Word works. I know when I said that, supernatural debt cancellation, I think I, I remember that day. I looked over at you whether you knew it or not. I saw him get it. He said, supernatural debt cancellation. And if you could see it in the physical, this is what happened in his spirit. I take that. I, amen. I receive it in the, in the spirit. That's what happened. He grabbed a hold of that. That's my word. I, it might not be for anybody else, but I'm taking it. Anybody can have it. But he said, I'm taking that word. Not as a word from Pastor Brian. Not as a word from men. God spoke that word today, and I'm not leaving here without grabbing a hold of that word. And when he did that, that supernatural word that God had me speak, became his and the word started working I imagine the people there 
We're sitting there going, I don't know why we're doing this. We don't do this for anybody else. Why are we doing this? Just like Caesar was probably saying, I don't know why we'll have this, you know, this, have everybody go to their hometown city. I don't know why. Because there was a word that said he'll be born in Bethlehem. Caesar had to make a rule. Getting, getting Mary and Joseph back to Bethlehem. Why? Because the word was working for hundreds of years. Weaving through history. Till it came to the time of Caesar Augustus that said everybody must be taxed. Why? Because we got to get a prophecy fulfilled we got to get a word that's been working and Caesar Augustus has no idea about it but he says everybody go back to where you came from the word works wouldn't it be important if the word works for us to know the sources of those words let me tell them to you real quick number one source of the word of God that will work. The word that will work is logos. That's the written word. That's that Bible you're holding in front of you. Logos, the written word of God. Number two, source. The word made flesh. Jesus, his character, his life, his nature, and the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is the word made flesh. In other words, he is the manifestation of that word in our lives. When you look at Jesus and you know that you can trust him, when you look at Jesus and you say, what would he do? You're literally hearing the word to follow the commandment of, oh, of. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would he react to this person that's cussing me out? How would he react to this person? How would he react? You're literally putting the word of God into manifestation and following the commandments of it. Number three, the source of the word. The rhema word. The right now alive and revelatory word. So see, when I spoke that word a couple weeks ago and Kevin heard it, he heard a rhema word, a right now word. Something fresh off of the presses of heaven right out of God's mouth. He says, oh, I hear my father's voice in that. I know that word's for me. I'm grabbing a hold of it. I'm making it mine. The word works. Now that rhema word can come in multiple ways. I've got written down four different ways. The number one, uh, number a couple of ways that it comes through is this. It comes in the inward witness. This is when it's inside of you. This can be a word of God. that You just know that you know God's telling you to do it this way. You just know that you know a yes or a no, a go or a stop, a leaning. Like, I feel like we ought to go in this store. I feel like we ought to go. It's a witness that's on the inside of you. You just have a knowing of something, kind of a leaning. That's the inward witness. The next way is the inward voice. This this is when God speaks words into your spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to your spirit. What you see in Romans chapter 8, I believe it's around verse 6. It says the Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit that we are the children of God. That shows you the flow. And he'll speak words in your spirit. He'll say, go and tell that person 
X, Y, Z, or whatever he tells you to do. Or he'll say, he'll wake you up like he woke me up and said, it's time for an awakening. It'll be an inward voice, not an audible voice, an inward voice in my spirit. Many times those words are very distinct. They'll stick out. As soon as you hear that, what you should do is you should take it, you should write it down, time stamp it, date to hour, and then you should immediately take it to a spiritual leader and say, this is what I think I heard from the Lord. Do you have confirmation on it? And this is the inward voice. The next way is an audible voice. And yes, God still talks like this. Literally, I hear stories quite often of people where God spoke to them and said, stop doing that. Go this way. You know, he'll speak to them audibly and they think somebody else around them spoke. But it was audible to them and they heard. The next thing is a rhema word and a live right now word. And these are the words that manifest, the rhema ones. These are the ones that manifest. This is what it, another way that it comes is the preached word of God through a minister. And a minister doesn't mean just a pastor or somebody preaching. It can be you standing on the sidewalk like uh, Paul and Buddy and Kevin were the other day, and all of a sudden God gives you a word, God gives them a word, and they speak it to the guy that's sitting there. And he goes, how did you know that this happened yesterday? It was a rhema word from God that came, and if he will, that person will grab a hold of that word, that word will work for them as well. So number, three different ways, the Logos word, the written word, the word made flesh, Jesus, his life, his character, his nature. Then the rhema word, the right now alive revelatory word. See, many times when we will spend time meditating on the word, thinking about the word, praying in the Holy Ghost, a scripture will open up to us. We'll see it in a different way. That's a, a live word from God right there, a rhema word. They generally come through these ways, the inward witness, the inward voice, an audible, witness, audible voice, or the preached word of God through a minister. I would say you can add to that through meditation on the word, revelation that comes through meditation. And then you have this one. This is one that you have a responsibility to do something with. All these other ones, our responsibility is to hear them and put faith on them. Here's the one that has your action tied to it. And that's the word of confession. The word of confession. Have you ever heard of a double-edged sword in the Bible? Revelation 1.16 says this, In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. We're talking about Jesus here. But he says the sword came out of his mouth. The word double-edged or two-edged sword, the sword of Jesus Christ, the sword that will pierce the darkness, the sword that will crush rock in your life, the sword that will break bondage and break yoke is a double-edged sword. Another way to say that in the original language is a two-mouthed sword. Two mouths. It came out of Jesus' mouth. I heard it. And then it came out of mine. And when that two-edged sword that came from God 
comes out of my mouth, you put with it a power that cannot be stopped coming or going. And no edge doesn't cut the devil and cut him off of your life. When I start to confess the Word of God, when I start to confess Scripture, when I start to confess I have supernatural debt cancellation in my life off of a Word of God, that that word then becomes a two-edged sword, which is why we have the confessions. I know in prayer this morning, they went over the confessions. I walk in the full manifestation of my inheritance in Christ. The struggle is over. I'm out of debt and carry a debt canceling anointing. And I flow in the full abundance for every good work. You start confessing what the scriptures say. That word now becomes a double edged sword and it cuts the devil coming and going there's not a flat side to it it does damage to the kingdom of darkness when you learn how to put the word in your mouth and in your heart and start speaking the live word of God there's nothing the devil can do this is where we need to live Many people are not confessing the word in their life. They're not confessing these things. And this is why they constantly see trouble. God's speaking it over them, but they're never speaking it over themselves. They're not being the ambassador they're called to be. They're not being the prophet of their lives. We've got to confess the word of God. When I feel sickness try to come on my body, immediately I start, I start damning that thing. That's my job. Bring condemnation to the darkness. Destroy the work. Rebuke that storm in my life. You've got no right to be here. I'm the healed of the Lord. By His stripes, I am healed. I can't have lack in my finances. I got the overflow. I have abundance for every good work according to the Word of God because we are sowers. We're cheerful sowers. We're abounding. Talking about 2 Corinthians 9. We're abounding sowers. We're cheerful sowers. We got seed in the ground. It's got to come up into a harvest. Like you've got no right to be here. I have an abundance for every good need, for every good deed and work. So many people have a word of God, but they're not working the word. Remember what Brother Hagin said. You're waiting on it to be magical. You're waiting on the gifting. You're waiting on the season. Start working the word, and the word will work for you no matter what season it is. Mark 16, 20. Let's go and make disciples. Preach the gospel to all creation. And they went out and preached everywhere. When they preached the word, the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. You can write it down, Acts 8, 4 through 8. Philip went and preached the simplicity of the word. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not powerful. The simplicity of the word. 
See, this whole time you've been sitting here, you might not realize it, but I've been preaching a very simple message about the goodness of God, showing you a few things, but the Word's been working in you from the time I stepped up here, even before then, in worship. The Word's been working inside of you. It's been setting you free. It's actually that thing that's been holding you back. The Word has been loosening its grip the whole time that you have sat here. See, a lot of people, they don't esteem this stuff, and so that's why they stay in bondage all of their lives. They'll get bored. They'll stop paying attention. They'll leave a service early, not realizing that the power of God is at work in their life. But see, all of a sudden, you've been sitting there trying to get rid of something for years and years and years. And in a service like this, all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and that thing is, you're sitting there listening to the foolishness of preaching. But the power of the Word of God is in that preaching, and you can't see it. But that thing that's held you bound, it's gripped is being loosened and if I will take action and believe on the word and when there's a call to move and a call to give up some stuff a call to step into a new level and I take action and say I'm done with that old stuff I'm going to another level and you move up here all of a sudden you step out of that grip you step out of that bondage forever because the word has been working in your life this is what's going on right now I ask you will you go play This is what's going on right now. The Word is working. Oh, let me read you this in Isaiah. Isaiah 55, 11 in the New American. I'm going to read it in the New American, the New Living, and the Message. Hear what it says. Isaiah 55, 11. So will my Word be which goes forth from my mouth. God says, when I speak a word out of my mouth, here's what's going to happen. That word, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Hear this in the New Living. It is the same With my word, I send it out, God says, and it always produces fruit. God's word is producing fruit in your lives and in your homes, even this morning, even people listening online. God's word is producing fruit right now. It always produces fruit. It, this is God talking, it will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Everywhere, always. These are God's words. Everywhere, always. See, God's word is working. The question is, are we working the word through faith, through confession, through believing and taking action on him? In the message... So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. His words are not going to come back empty-handed. God's made you some promises. God's told you some things. God's told each one of you some words and some stuff about your future. And if you don't have one personally, just go to Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope 
not for calamity, but for you to fare well. That's a plan for every person. For you to fare well, not for calamity, but to protect you, to bless you, to make you whole, to overflow you. That word is working. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. God's words are not empty-handed. But his words, they'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. God's word's working in you right now. Just close your eyes. Today is a day to step out of the grip of the past. That doesn't mean that you're evil. It just means that the devil has had a plan. And the truth is, on some level, his plan has worked against all of us. It's held us back. But the time for that is over. Can you say amen? Just keep your heads bowed. God's calling you to let the word go to work in your life. To let the fire of God burn out some stuff that needs to be burned out. To lay it at the altar. Lord, I'm not ashamed of you. I'll praise you. I'll worship you. I'll honor you. And this is one of those days, like if you're, for, if you're performing some kind of responsibility as an usher or media or anything, and you got to get to the altar, you get to the altar. I could care less if the camera follows me compared to a life-changing forever. If you got to get here, get here. But that word's been working. It's been loosening the grip of the things that have been holding you at a level. Things that have been holding you to go around the same mountain over and over again. Some of it's drugs. Some of it's alcohol. Some of it's cigarettes. Some of it is just a lack of faith when, when the going has gotten tough and my flesh just fleshes out. Some of it's not taking thoughts captive, but just letting thoughts run in all the negative. But that day is gone today. I'm stepping out of the grip of the level of the past. I'm stepping into the fullness of God's plan. I'm done with average and mediocre. I'm done with not winning people to Jesus. I'm done with being scared and fearful. Had enough of your fear, devil. That's it. I'm done. Whatever it is, the word works. And it's working in you right now. Because you sat under an anointing. Maybe it's a mindset of I can't win. Everything always blows up in my face. That's not God's mindset. But the world may have taught you to do, think that way. It's not working like that for you anymore. The Word's working. 
the word's working. Just say it with me. Now, now look, you don't have to shout this, but man, shout it inside your heart. Make it, make it so sure that your heart attaches itself in faith as you say these words. The word is working in me. The word is working in me. The word is working in me now. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 The word is working in me. Thank you, Lord. Father, just perform your word right now. Show us what to do, and we will obey your command and your word. And it will work. It will heal. It will deliver. It will save. It will protect. It will restore. Thank you, Father. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, guess what I'm praying? The perfect word. Which is why if the word works and I can speak the perfect word, that's why the devil comes against tongues, comes against prayer, being filled in the Holy Ghost. Because you start operating in that double-edged sword against him. No wonder he would fight against it, wouldn't you? This altar is open. It's time for you to step out. Step out of the grip of the level of the past. Lay some stuff on the altar. Spiritually, physically, mentally. Lord, work in your people. I preach your word today. Now it's your job to work with the word. And I expect it, God. I expect supernatural to happen today. Because I know who you are. And I know the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, work your miracles now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Work your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He's good. Lord, thank you. Now make no mistake, if you need to be here, no matter what your responsibility is, make your way to the altar. Say, Lord, I'm giving you my stuff. I'm allowing your word to take root in my life forever. 
I'll never be the same. Things are changing for me supernaturally today. Commitments are being made. Solutions are being received. God is moving powerfully. Hallelujah. Healing is being poured out. You realize that even right now, as you've approached this altar, in an act of faith, healing is working in your body. Healing is working in your body. Does anybody receive that word? Healing's working in me now. Whole, wholeness is working in me now. Strength to say yes to God and no to the devil is working right now in Jesus' name. I just invite you, if you're watching online, if you have the ability, hit your knees where you're at. Turn around. Get on your knees. Kneel right at your chair. Lord, I give you myself. I'm dropping this stuff. You may need to take something. You may be sitting at home and have that pack of cigarettes sitting right beside you. You may need to take that thing, crumble it up before you move an inch and go and throw it in the trash right now. But I'm dropping it. If that's you too, send us a note. We want to agree with you and pray for supernatural strength of God to help you from this day forward. Thank you, Lord. You're doing a work. 